This is episode number 56 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Hey, welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to share some success stories from high impact leaders who have been able to build strong teams while growing a successful business. This week, I am, I'm interviewing another high impact leader, Paige Mahia. Um, I, I don't want to give away too much, but Paige has absolutely one of the most fun jobs that I that I can think of anyway. It's one of those things that I think everybody wish they had her job. And anyway, in the interview, she gives us a lot of great tips on how to network for success and and really build a family atmosphere within your team environment. We absolutely had a blast recording this interview, and I think you're I'm gonna absolutely love it. Um, by the way, as always, if you like this the sessions, if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, to the High Impact Leaders podcast. And also make sure to, to rate the podcast and leave me a review wherever you download the show. Also, we're publishing a lot of new leadership tips every week on our YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe to that as well. So enjoy the interview with Paige. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Hey, I have a fantastic guest today, Paige Mejia. She has a very I think it's like one of the coolest jobs ever on the face of the earth that she's going to kind of tell us about. But one of the cool things that I, I wanted to invite her on so that she can kind of tell us a little bit about how she, the, the organization that she works for has worked really, really hard to create kind of a family atmosphere within their, within their ranks. And, um, and she's going to tell you a little bit about some of the things that they do that, that make this really fun. So Paige, welcome to High Impact Leaders. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, so tell us what you do. Cause, cause I like, I, I kind of, I didn't want to give away too much in the introduction because this is, this is really one of the coolest things. I mean, this is one of the things that man, if, if I didn't do this, I'd want to be doing what you do. And I'd probably want to be doing what you do anyway, even, <laughs> even doing this, you know? So, so tell us about your, your, your normal, your, uh, your organization and what you guys do for a living. So pardon my French, but my elevator speeches, I blow shit up. <laughs> that is what <laughs> that is what I do for a living. Um, I actually am one of the co-owners and the chief marketing officer for Pyrotex. We are the oldest Texas-based professional firework company. Mm. So we produce indoor pyrotechnic displays, outdoor aerial firework shows that you see on the 4th of July. Um as well as all year long. We also do other special effects as well and um, theatrical productions. We were in a few movies. We've done concerts. We've actually fired shows internationally all over the world. Um, now it's a little bit difficult to ship explosives. So we stick close to home. So we right. cover Texas and Oklahoma and we shoot firework shows all year round. Yeah. So, so I, a couple, by the way, a couple of really cool kind of stories that I think Paige will probably share with us, but um, the, well, just a, a really quick thing was that I reached out to you. I, I I thought, man, what a, this would, she would be fantastic to have on the show. And I reached out to you and I think it was like the last week of June and you responded while I was thinking, ah, well, she responded to me sometime in August, right? <laughs> Cause I figured no. that's like the busiest time of year for you. And you kind of replied back. And I was, I, I thought that was kind of impressive that you're, you're um, I guess though, but I guess in your part though, your part was done three months ago and now it's the, now it's the, uh, the folks that are actually um, 
putting together all the shows that they're, they're the ones that are the busiest during that week, I guess. Huh? Correct. I'm still <laughs> reaching out to the clients. My main focus is client facing um, and sales, marketing, social media, all of that aspect of it. Um, but yes, I actually try to get all of my part done at the beginning of June. I actually have some conferences that I attend in June and July. So it's kind of easier for me to get those done out of the way before I leave for conference. And then our people at the the farm, as we lovingly call it, um, they actually take care of everything else as far as building the trailers. And um, right. of course, by then, all of our shows have been designed. They've all been packaged together and built, and they are ready to go out the door. So that last couple of weeks is more just getting ready, doing the final touches, and finishing up and waiting for our shows to start. Yeah, and and we we kind of talk a lot about on the on the show and on 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 the podcast, we kind of talk about how um, it's really important that as companies kind of grow and you get more and more employees and, and more team members and that kind of thing to kind of keep the temp to the uh, family atmosphere. But you guys had a, had a, a kind of an interesting start to the company. So like your first client was who again? It was the Bee Gees in 1979. We actually did a CBS special. Um, our original founder, Randy Beckham, was in television production at the time. And okay. he was working for a company that he found out as he was leaving for spring break um, that the company was not going to be there when he returned. So oh, wow. he spent a majority of his vacation calling some of their clients to try to see if, you know, maybe he can take them on and start something of his own. And he ended up up landing the BGs um staying alive CBS special. So oh. when they sang tragedy, explosives happened overhead. So it's a lot of fun. I actually found the clip a few years back. So it was fun just to see that and see our beginning. And since then, um, he did a lot of concerts. He worked for Sticks, then Lizzie, David Bowie, Reba McIntyre, Lionel Richie, um, a lot of the concerts in the 80s. We were also the pyro in the movie Pure Country and oh. the movie Leap of Faith. Okay. And you can actually see Randy a little bit down towards the bottom of the stage in Leap of Faith, which is fun as well. And Randy shot shows all over the world. Um, Pyrotex shot shows all over the world uh, with Randy at the helm. And so he's shot shows in London, Dubai, Tokyo. Um, and probably around the 90s is when we started actually outdoor fireworks, 4th of July type festivals. And he took me on in 2011 as a salesperson and I kind of grew, um, my title could never change because I was the only salesperson. So it wasn't like I got a promotion, but I went from sales girl to sales princess to sales queen. <laughs> and <laughs> these were my promotions over the years. And uh, unfortunately he passed away in 2017. And when he passed away, he willed the company to me, the general manager, the production manager and his wife. Oh, wow. So we took over ownership. Um, but for us, that was just continuing to do what we were doing. We just carried mm. on the company as he had built it and um, just continue to le lead his legacy today. Yeah. So, so when we, so it's how many, how big is the company? How, how many, uh, how many team members do you guys have? We have four corporate level employees. Three of course are the owners. And then we have um, an assistant production manager who deals with a lot of the day-to-day -day building, um, 
I'd say grunt work, but that's not a nice word um, at, at the farm and um, helps build the shows, helps design, pack. Um, so we have those four, which are full-time employees. And then all of all our pyrotechnicians are part-time employees. Right. So, yeah. so a lot of the, especially in the state of Texas, legally, you have to have one licensed pyrotechnician on a show site and everyone else could be Joe Schmo off the street. So we work a little bit differently. We actually hire all of our employees. We put them through training, which is called Pyro Camp, and it's an annual training. They're all background check, drug tested, and they all go through this classroom and hands-on training so they know what's going on once they get to the show site. Um. And then, of course, we have our lead pyrotechnicians. We have about 13 lead pyrotechnicians right now. Um, and total, we have about 70 pyrotechnicians oh, wow. that work with us throughout the year. Yeah. So, so, so basically the, so you, you basically you have a a small team and then a huge, you know, a a big team. And I I suspect that that kind of creates a a few challenges along the way, as far as, you know, teamwork and especially getting people that are, you know, part-timers to, you know, to, um, you know, I, I, I I don't know. I, it's probably a fun job. So you probably don't have as, as have, have as hard a time as other folks who are working with part-timers, but there are probably some things you kind of learned along the way that kind of keep that team atmosphere, I'm guessing? Yeah, definitely. We have rules that are set up and established at PyroCamp. One, of course, is, you know, kind of the golden rule, be nice to others. And um, especially now with the climate, the political rule, um, don't talk politics. And the good thing is we we don't really hire, I'd say, outside the family. (laughs) Sounds very mobster, but we don't really hire outside the family. Uh, We do a little bit of hiring um, through Facebook advertising and college job fairs every once in a while. But for the most part, the people who come to us are brought into us by other pyrotechnicians. And so they have a lot of very similar personalities. We have a lot of theatrical people. We have a lot of firefighters, uh, engineers. We draw those types of people. So everyone kind of has a similar personality and it's very rare that we have an issue, um, between different people. Um, we do have a lot of husband wife teams and we always ask them before they start with us, are y'all actually wanting to work together? (laughs) Because some do and some don't. So that's always a question that comes up as well. Um, but yeah, it really is a family. I I was always asked a lot if I was Randy's daughter. I got asked a couple of times if I was Randy's wife. Um, and same thing. People think that Derek, who's our general manager, might be my husband as well. Um, but we're, we're not a family in that sense, but we're a family and that we're a very close knit. Uh, Randy and Derek were basically like a old married couple. They would argue all the time um, like that. And so it, it, it's a family atmosphere. And so when COVID happened, um, we didn't really have that issue of losing employees um, or having to gain employees like some of the other companies are having right now, just because it's not really about the money. It's about the fact that you get to come and blow stuff up. So it's, it's the type of job versus, you know, how much am I going to get paid? This is definitely an on the side gig for everyone, but it's the best on the side gig because it's kind of a make your own job. They, we have some People that come during camp, because we do actually make everybody come every year to pyro camp for a 
refresher training. And then we see them 4th of July and we don't see them all year round, but we have other people that come up to the farm and they'll do things during the week and they'll work shows with us all year. So it's kind of a, you know, work as you want type of job. Nice. And you guys are still doing the concerts and things like that too, I'm guessing. We do not as much anymore. Um, What's funny is, well, and I guess it's good for us as well, but the way that I was marketing it in the industry led itself more towards weddings. So we actually do a lot of weddings, um, which was great during COVID because everything else went away (laughs) except (laughs) weddings. So the sporting events, the concerts, the corporate events, all of that was gone. So weddings were keeping us afloat throughout the shutdown. Ah, And, and I, okay. So I I heard something that I want to know if this is really true. I understood. I, I, I heard that you were not just the sales queen, but you were actually also the networking queen. I am. I have been dubbed the networking queen of DFW. (laughs) I had actually started, I met Randy because I was in the industry with my own little, stay-at-home mom side gig uh, where I was actually making videos um, that the of like slideshows with baby pictures that the brides show at the reception, that kind of thing. And so I was networking and networking was my adult time that I could go out and, you know, actually be around people that weren't in diapers. (laughs) So (laughs) I just really enjoyed that part of the industry. And when my daughter was going to kindergarten, my youngest, when she was going to kindergarten, I started looking for a jobby job. And all I knew was corporate America. That's what I had been in my whole life before I had kids. And so I went back to corporate or went to interview with corporate America. And when they said it's Monday through Friday, eight to five, you can't take off for anything. I was like, oh no, like (laughs) that is not going to work for me. So I put on Facebook, is anyone hiring? And Randy had actually been on the board of a industry association called, at the time it was called ISIS. They have since changed to ILEA. And um, he was on the board of that. And I was actually getting on the board. So we knew of each other, but didn't really know each other very well. Um, But he responded and said, you can work for me if you want to. And that's how we connected. And when I started with him, he was like, well, what are you already a member of? And I was a member of a couple of things. I'd actually already been, ILEA was my second board. So I'd already been on a board of directors for another association. And he said, you know, here's the gold card, go join everything. So I joined. Nice probably 10 different (laughs) industry associations. I was going to two or three things a day. Um, I got a little burnt out, but um, then over the years, we kind of reassessed, you know, what we wanted to be a member of. Um, And so I'm actually, well, just finished my board service for my fourth board, fourth industry association board, where I was actually president of uh, Meeting Professionals International. Oh, wow. So I finished my immediate past president year about a year ago. And right now I'm just kind of taking a break and um, doing some stuff with the um, MPI Global Association. Um, but I still go to as many things as I can go to. Um, this week, I was kind of looking at the calendar, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But um, for the industry, I also post a weekly update that's called This Weekend Networking. And it's on a few of our Facebook groups that we are members of. And it has 
every networking opportunity that people could ever want, um, both inside and outside the industry, um, open houses for venues, really anything that they could possibly go to to expand their business. And I also talk to industry professionals and students on how to network in the industry and um, how to grow their own businesses as well. Oh, that's really cool. I, I assume that all that networking networking kind of came in pretty handy when COVID hit and you know, and you had to kind of recreate everything that was going on from, from scratch almost, right? It definitely did. Well, and... I think that that actually helped me connect more. Um, I had a weekly call with one group of industry professionals that actually just ended. We were on the call every week for over a year. Um, and then for MPI, I actually ran a webinar series every week from April to September. So that kept me busy. Um, yeah. But just being in the industry um, and being that much in the industry, it really helps your business in the fact that people see you all the time. And so they assume that you're the only company, <laughs> Right, sure, <of laughs> which course. is, which is great. great. You know, yeah, that's, that's a great little point. pocket to have. Point. Yeah. And I, that's the whole point. Yeah. I, I, I kind of think back when, um, you know, back in I, just so you know, I mean, I'm, I'm actually in the team building industry. That's what we do. We do, um, corporate team building activities. So what my company does when I'm not podcasting, right. Uh, and it was kind of funny because, um, like, I think it was probably 2005 when we just got a random phone call from one of our clients and said, Hey, we want to do something. We want to do a team building activity, but we want to do it for charity. And we were like, eh, never thought about doing that. Right. And so we created this build a bike activity, which was yes. fantastic. Right. And it kind of took the world by storm. It was one of those things that we had no clue how big this thing was going to get. And it just, you know, just so happened that somebody who kind of liked what we were doing started a whole new industry. It's funny because I think we kind of went through that again in COVID because when, you know, because we are in the meeting industry and all of a sudden there were no meetings going on, you know, starting, you know, March and April of, of 2020, we had to kind of reassess and, and um, we actually figured out that most virtual meetings are kind of boring. So <laughs> We said, hey, let's yeah. make virtual meetings more fun and see if that works. And, and I'll be dang if it didn't take off again. Right. So, I mean, I, I think every dollar that we made in, uh, well, not every, but I'm you're 90 plus percent of the revenue that we made in, in uh, toward the end of 2020 anyway, was all from stuff that didn't, didn't even exist prior to that. So I, I, I kind of relate to your shifting to the wedding, to the, the wedding when, when the, when everything kind of changed, you can figure out what, uh, what is still viable and what people are wanting and go out and sort of solve a problem for somebody. And Hey, you, you make a whole new revenue, no whole new stream of income from it. So that's exciting hey, to hear though. Exactly. I have built the bike in the past. Um, oh, I don't did? think oh, that goodness. I had any parts left over. I might've had a couple <laughs> screws. Uh, there's always parts left over, but I love those we things. Hope and not. I mean, we, we hope not. Those are going to yeah. real good. So. <laughs> well, and I had a lot of friends that, I mean, I, I actually um, contributed to trivia throughout the COVID and um, love right. doing it with my kids. Um, but all of those things where you, you know, do uh, cooking classes or chocolate making classes or whiskey tastings or whatever, um, to make it more exciting. Because if you just talk to somebody for an hour, they're going to start playing on their phone and they're done. Yeah, so. probably. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Got to make it fun. Got to make it fun. Anyway, well, Paige, thanks so much for being a, a, a guest on the show. Really enjoyed having you still, I, I still, um, 
covet your position there. I want, I want, want your job more than anything. <laughs> right. Well, you can always come work with us on the side if you'd like. It sounds, yeah, I like to blow crap up. You know? <laughs> I like to, like to do that. Call, call us about Pyro Camp. Pyro Camp is held every May, normally the last week or two, yeah. second week in May um, on a Saturday. And it's an all day training. But once you come to camp, like I said, you can work with us however much you want. Nice. To. Good deal. Perfect. All right. So if you want to go to Pyro Camp, reach out to Paige. She's on LinkedIn. You can find her pretty easily. And, and we'll kind of link uh, to her contact information in the show notes. So thanks a lot, Paige, Paige for being a part of uh, High Impact Leaders. And thank, thank you, guys you for being a part of the show. We'll see you next week. Thank you.